0: Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Lord. Book of Romans this morning. Book of Romans. Glad for you to be in God's house. You want to worship the Lord this morning? This good word of God, get down deep in our hearts, okay? All right. Romans, the last chapter, chapter 16. Let's begin in chapter 16 with verse 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. You may be seated. like to try to minister to you a little bit this morning about him who has the power to establish you in the faith, power to establish you or establish you in the faith. There are people who live, I want to call it a religious life. And there is such thing as a religious devil. There are people that want to claim a lot of religion, and they do. Nimrod had religion. His religion was to get to heaven without God. That's what his religion touted. And uh, so he said, let's go to and build us a tower. And uh, so he attempted to And as people do, they want to come up with their own personal ideas of how to make heaven without God. They feel like they can make up the rules as they go along, whatever they say goes. They just kind of, almost like a patchwork quilt, isn't it? A little something here, a little something there, take a little from this, a little from that put it all together, and that becomes their religion. You heard them say, well, what I believe. So you and I, I trust, are gathered here today because we want what God says. We want the chapter and the verse. We want the subject matter. We want the word of the Lord. We want that word that brings down the mountain, brings up the valley, straightens out the crooked, smooths out the rough. We want the hammer, the word that breaks the rock in pieces. We want this word that in the beginning, right, that's what we want. We don't want something fake. We don't want something phony. We don't want something that is plastic. We don't want something that is of man, but we want something or that which is of God. That's what we want. And so we're going to sift through many things and shake out many things that do not line up with the Word of God, do not line up with chapter and verse. I remember one time an individual telling me that they didn't like the word doctrine. They got highly offended at the word doctrine. Well, I simply said, well, it's a Bible word. And uh, people were astonished at his doctrine. So for you to not get offended, or to not find yourself at odds with the Word of God, but that you're going to submit yourself to chapter and verse. That if God says it, then I'm going to, by His grace, believe it, and that's going to settle it. So i got to submit myself to it. I've got to get that chapter and verse, get that subject matter, get that teaching so that I can know where I'm going. I want to be heading in the right direction. I I want to, in the final analysis, I don't want this to be in vain. I don't want it to be worthless and useless and of no value, no spiritual value whatsoever. I don't want to wind up in that kind of shape. I need chapter and verse. I need the Word of God. I need what Jesus Christ came to this world to give. So, and you've got to learn... To understand the biblical teaching, you've got to ask for the revelation or the unveiling or the light getting rid of the darkness in your mind, your heart, so that you can know who He truly is. And that uh, somebody asked me the other day, or they said they were explaining to some in their family, they seemed to be a little bit at odds, and the family was saying that uh, there's three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and uh, that they're three separate, distinct persons. And, of course, they asked me, and I said, well, everything you just said is not in the Bible. None of those terms, none of those uh, ways of saying it are in the Bible. That's not what it says. Uh, Are you ready for what it does say? Well, you see, some people aren't ready for it. Their mind is not ready to acknowledge truth to recognize truth, you know, that look, there it is. Well, this young lady is very new, and she said, I was telling him, no, there's not three gods, there's three spirits. And so I'm listening here on the end of the line, you know, and I. And so she paused and she said, that's right, isn't it? And I said, no. And I tried to say it very gently because I knew she meant well, and I know she's brand new, and I, I was... Trying to help her to get a handle on the chapter and the verse that would help her to understand and how to explain. Uh, if you, if there are teachers that are teachers of teachers, there are people who are really good about taking something. To me, it's good. A good a mark of a good teacher is to take something that's difficult and reduce it down to where it's not difficult to be understood. They can, like the, uh, the Indian woman, they said that she would um, chew the meat. I'm not telling you to do this, okay? But they said that she would chew the meat real fine, and then she would feed the baby that, so that the baby wouldn't choke. Uh, what I, We have other ways of doing that now. We're not living back in the days out there. In the, okay? Won't you know that? And you should, by the way, just as an aside, you should be careful. Um, (laughs) You should be careful who you kiss. But, uh, hello. But um, you should be careful with children. Some people have, um, I have to say it this way, they have a bad habit of kissing children on the mouth. And adults carry a certain amount of uh, germ in your mouth as an adult. And you you can communicate that or transmit that to a child. And that child can become very sick. So uh, the cheek should be sufficient. Okay, try not to be too slobbery about it either. But anyway, uh, that was just an aside, a little extra, no charge. Moving right along now. Uh, I told her. I said, "No, that isn't correct. The Bible tells you there's only one spirit. Okay, just one, one spirit. When we're talking about God, and that He is, He is God. He alone. And people want to treat God like a pie. They want to carve him up into three pieces, you know, three persons, three pieces, three persons. And, and they, they, they wind up using a lot of terms and terminologies that are not in the Scripture. And uh, one time I was asked to go to a, uh, I call them school for the blind, a church house. And uh it's as funny as that's going to get. And, uh, but it's really true. And um, They asked, they said, they, we want to know what you believe. And that we'd like for you to explain that to us. They were having a class. And so I begin to explain what the Bible teaches and consequently what we believe, because we believe what the Bible teaches. And so I was teaching them, for an example, about one God, and I had a whiteboard up that they had put there. And, and I began to list out things like, Three gods and three persons, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent, separate and distinct, and on and on down the line. And then I drew a line, and I went over to the other side, one spirit, and I said, now, over here on this side, all these terms, I said, those aren't in the Bible. I said, they're looking, you know, because those are all the things they believe. And I said, now, what the church teaches and what the church believes from the Word of God is this side, because that's what the Bible says. Those are things that are in the Bible. So we we weren't friends right away. But that was okay because uh, I wanted to try to take something that the Bible does call a mystery. Okay, great is the mystery of godliness. Somebody asked me the other day that uh, said, in God's eyes, um, what is great? And we talked a lot about faith. And I mentioned also about a, humble spirit or broken in a contrite spirit and I want to tell you that humility is big on God's list okay uh, you don't want to do like that fella that came strutting up to the altar you know and and there's a guy kneeling down there and the guy is, is uh, just got his face buried in the in his in the altar and he's he's just so repentant uh, and and miserable about him himself and his life and his heart and everything and this other guy's standing next to him, and this other guy's all full of himself. You ever read Blessed Are the Poor in Spirit? Well, this guy was rich in spirit. His spirit, his human spirit, his stubbornness and his pride. And he thought he was all that, and he just bragged on himself before God. Thank God because he did this, and he did thus, and, and he did the other. And uh, so the. The Lord took care of it, and he said, well, this fellow here that won't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but is, is berating himself before me, he's going home justified. You know, we are justified by faith, right? And so, whereas this other guy that just bragged on himself, well, that's all he got of it. The whole thing was just his own pat on the back. And if, if you could picture God figuratively, then he would be holding his nose. Because self-righteousness, our righteousness, is as filthy, smelly old rags. <laughs> they don't want nothing to do with that. So humility, coming to God in a humble manner that you don't know it all, that you don't understand it all. And um, we were, I was talking about somebody that I would have liked to have seen got piano lessons. And uh, the person said, "Well, have they ever had piano lessons?" And I said, "Yes, they've had some piano." He said, "Man, he said I'd rather not teach them." And I said, "Really, why not?" He said, "Because I got to undo what they think they know, so we can start from scratch and really teach them what they need to know." Well, that's how it is with proud people who think that they're saved. We have to unsave them to save them. They got so many so much confusion and so many mixed-up things in their heart and their mind that, you know, it would be far better. And it's been said often in construction, in remodeling or renovating, that sometimes you're just better off and it's more cost-effective to just scrape the foundation clean and start from scratch. I've had uh, block layers tell me they'd rather build a wall a mile long from scratch than to have to try to piecemeal a wall and put it together, straighten it out. So I'm saying I need your salvation. I need your truth. I need to see this thing correctly. I need you to straighten out my thinking, my heart, my mind, my attitude. And, and then, and let me, God is a spirit. We didn't make that up. The Bible said it. God is a spirit. John to himself, and I guess it's okay for me. It might have been, a, I, my mind was loaded. And um, I heard her say, because there was nobody else online, I heard her say, okay, man approaching us, man is talking to himself. So I immediately focused and I said, Oh, I think I've scared her. So I, uh, I said, Hey, I said, It's okay to talk to yourself. So she broke out in a big smile when I said that. And I said, It's okay to answer yourself. I said, Just don't say, huh. That's when we got a problem, right there. <laughs> so, so don't feel bad if you're discussing with yourself. God does. Because sometimes there's nobody else to discuss it with, it's just you. All right? All right. But we are fortunate that we do have God and we can discuss everything with him. So if anybody tells you you're talking to yourself, say, no, I'm not. I'm talking to God. (laughs) Lay it off on him. (laughs) Talking to the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. So there is only one God, I'm trying to tell you. He is a spirit. He is invisible. But he chose. He chose. When the fullness of time was come, he chose to show Himself in a visible way. And how did He do that? Visible, manifest. The Bible said that God was manifest. That means He was shown clearly. He demonstrated Himself in the flesh. So the Spirit spoke the word in a woman by the name of Mary, and she brought forth the flesh. There was and is no flesh in heaven. Got that? No flesh. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, meaning the Spirit showed Himself visibly through the Son of the Spirit. He fathered His Holy Spirit. He's not just a spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. All right. And so God was manifest in the flesh, the invisible was shown visibly, demonstrated visibly. Bible said in that, what did he call it? Destroy this temple. And in three days I'll raise it up. So in this temple dwell the fullness of the very God bodily. If we can take what seems so complex and through the Bible in chapter and verse, if we can present it to you in a simple way, break it down simply, Okay? Invisible showed himself visibly. Always remember, spirit in flesh. Like air in a glass or water in a glass. Okay? And it's filled all the way to the tippy top. The Bible said that in him, in that, in him, dwell. Right? Everybody with me? We're okay? Okay. Alright. One God. One God. Alright. So, He gives birth to his church. In the days of his flesh, he goes about doing good, healing all that are sick and oppressed of the devil. And in so doing, they would challenge him, religious people, and they would make argument with him. They would make fight with him. And he had a way of dealing with them. And one time he told him, he said, don't hate me because of what I'm doing. He said, I'm the father that's in me. Okay? So the, the Spirit, how did he walk? On, how did the flesh walk on the water? How did, it, how did the flesh lay hands on people that were blind and they could then see or raise them from the dead? How did that happen? Because in head of that flesh, well, what would you have? You had just what you got. You got a dead body or carcass, the Bible used that word, on the cross. That's what you got. But three days later, The same spirit that left that body re-entered it. That's why he made the bold statement, destroy this body, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And so he did. All right? Okay. So he knew. He knew that he could do in the flesh. He knew he could do what he was doing because of what what dwelled in that flesh. What was there was not by power to establish you. Remember, he said, after that, telling above 500, telling them, go for the promise of the Spirit. He told them that repentance and remission of sins, full pardon of sins, was to be preached in his name, Jesus Christ, among all nations, not just one race, not just one continent, Not just one country, but all nations, everywhere, everybody should be preached to them in his name, repentance and remission of sin, and that everybody should get the promise of the Spirit. So 500 people and only 120 kept moving forward. They would not be distracted to the right or to the left like the about 380 the disobedient ones that separated themselves and that went on with their little religious ways, doing their little thing. And if you didn't think they had it, well, they'd do a little dance for you. They'd cry tears for you. Do all kinds of things to make you, try to convince you that they're all right. But we don't read about the 380 anymore. We read about the 120. We read about those that were obedient him no matter what anybody said, no matter the criticisms, no matter what family members said or friends said or co-workers said or anybody said, didn't matter. We're going to go with the chapter and the verse. We're going to go, this is how it translates to us. We're going to go with the subject matter. We're going to do what the Lord says and it's not going to be the Lord saying it abstractly. Now I've read in the Bible where a voice fell from heaven from God. I've read that and I believe it. But remember something. We've got to have chapter and verse to back up that voice you're claiming to hear is of God. Okay, He's not going to contradict His word. His word is forever settled in heaven. All right, so you don't just run and do because somebody, you know, says, "Well, I heard, I heard a voice." Voice told you know. There's people that have right. Well, that's the devil for you. He's always going to try to get. Him. His foot in the act. He's always going to try to get a monkey wrench. We call it right. What the mechanic uses. He's going to try to throw that in the spokes or in the engine and tear it all up. That's what the enemy does. He tries to just tear everything up, and and uh, he wants to make it look spiritual. He wants to make people think it's it's all that when it's not. You got to come back to that chapter and verse. You got to come back to subject matter. Somebody comes around and they and they and they caught them. A I was reading in the. Um, what is it called not readers die just the other one very national snakes venomous snakes not just snakes all of them he wants he wants things like um, rattlesnakes or um, uh, Australian tiger snakes all kinds of things that are out there but sometimes those ones that only give a little bit of venom they're more poisonous it's called the toxicity is greater in that venom and, uh, and I don't know, it's, it's supposed to be doing medical research to help get rid of diseases. But he, he told about how many times he's been bitten and what he has survived because uh, trying to capture these different things. And so I'm saying to you that um, I read in the Bible where the Apostle Paul, well, let me first say this, somebody comes around, and they do have these in some little small pockets of areas, in the country where people will take uh, a a rattlesnake and they'll do their little dance with it, you know. And they're supposed to be showing everybody that if they get bit and they don't die, that that means they have God. And, of course, if they don't get bitten at all, that means they have some superpower to be able to dance with a snake and nothing happens. Um, And, of course, if you fall down suddenly and you're dead, that just meant you didn't have God. So, uh, that's, you know, it's supposed to be when, you, when they would pass the snake around that you were supposedly going to feel the power of God. So w- they were in a circle, and I was told, and they were passing the snake around, and they were about to pass it to some woman, and she said, Messiah, pass me by. <laughs> so she wanted them to know she'd already felt the power. Don't need the snake. Well, I'm not going to disagree with it because I, I have felt the power and I didn't need a snake to do it. And uh, I just needed the, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what I need. I need God and if we can have God in our lives and work with God, then everything's going to be fine. But I'm telling you, somebody hears a voice in their head and tells them to, to get a snake and, and start doing some kind of jig around the place. There are people that come others that they heard from God. Well, you and I want to go back to chapter and verse. Now, the Apostle Paul he was trying to build a fire after a shipwreck and in trying to build a fire to create some warmth out of the out of the wood came a venomous snake that latched itself onto him and the the people that were of that area they looked for the, this man paul to fall down suddenly dead because they knew what a bad snake that was but he just shook the snake off and finished doing what he was doing and Went on with God's business, and they then decided that he wasn't a murderer. That's what they thought he was because that happened. They thought, hey, look at this. He survived the, the, uh, the sea, the vengeance of the sea, the storm, and now he gets bit by a venomous snake, and they look for him to die, and he didn't. And when he didn't die, they changed their mind. and said, oh, he's not a murderer. He's a god. Well, people get some weird ideas, you know, and they go from one extreme to another, you know, and I've seen people do that. I've seen people walk around, and they're doing all that. And I'm like, what have we got here? You know, are we, are we schizophrenic? What have we got going on here? You know, let's see if we can get a little balance in our lives. Let's see if we can work with him who has the power to establish us, that we're not blown about, the Bible said, you know, one extreme to the other. We're not blown about with every wind of doctrine, a deceit, a deception, because that's exactly what the enemy wants to do in people's lives. He wants to keep you off balance. One minute he wants you over here doing this, the next minute he wants you over there doing that. the devil is all about extremes. And we don't want to be extremists. We want to be balanced. Let your balance or your moderation be known. For the Lord is at hand, the scripture said. All right? Let's get the balance of the scriptures. Let's get the experience. You come, as Jesus said, repentance and remission of sins. That's to be preached in His name among all nations. The original church that Jesus gave birth to, that which brought us the faith. Okay? The faith, the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ and told us to repent, told us to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and told us we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the born-again experience of water and of the Spirit. Of water, you're baptized in water. You're buried with Jesus Christ in His name. And then when you come up out of the water, that's when you're actually born again of water, and then the heavens are opened and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost at which time you are then born again of the Spirit. Jesus said you must have this experience or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now that's chapter and verse. And that's what Jesus brought. And that's what we're saying. Romans have the power to establish you in the faith. If a plant doesn't get enough down in that dirt and get those roots going down to some amount of depth, then that plant can easily be uprooted. That plant can be just blown over that which is planted. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. So we want to get a depth in God. Um, Ezekiel, he first stepped out and the water to his ankles. but He didn't stay there. When you start coming to the truth, you're drawn by the Spirit of the Lord, okay? Then you don't want to do like you used to do in school when you were growing up. What did you used to do in school growing up? You got real comfortable and said, "Well, I hope this class gets over with that. I'm out of here. Now. Or your stomach is going, man, I can't wait till lunch. Is it lunchtime yet? No, it's only 8.30. Well, anyway, let me sleep for a little while. You know, we, our mind goes to sleep and we're not, okay, We don't want to do that anymore now, do we? And we sure don't want to do that with God. We want to sit up. We want to pay attention. We want to be observant of the church in action and what's taking place here. Jesus gave the church a commission. He told them to go and get them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He told them to bring to the people the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm giving you this. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you you shall receive power. All right? This is a power that's given to establish you, a power to cast out the devil in people's lives, a power to bring healing to the sick, those that are in trouble and problems. And and I had a woman call me yesterday, and she just burst on the phone out crying and and said, "I I can't come to church. I was invited, but I can't come because I came down there to pray. And we're expecting her to. Come out of the hospital, come to church and make good on on that opportunity that she has. And we we want to say to you that as you come to the church, pay attention, get observant, get into the Bible, get into chapter and verse. I encourage you to start in the New Testament. It's all good, Genesis to Revelation, but start in the New Testament because that's the time in which we live. We are living in the New Testament time. We're living in a dispensation or a period of time known as grace. And it is, for by grace are you saved through faith. And it is not of yourself, but it is the gift of God. And the gift of God is the Holy Ghost. So you come and you begin to repent of your sins because that's what the Bible says and then you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ because that's what the bible says and you then receive the gift of the holy ghost because that's what the bible says you get that experience and Jesus telling you after that you get that you're going to be able to resist him who tries to tempt you and he is known as the tempter you're going to receive power now okay and you're going to be able to ugly you know, and you're about to say something mean that you just can resist that and you can rebuke that spirit and I'm not going to be like that anymore I'm not going to act that way anymore I'm not going to be quarrel anymore I don't want to be known as the queen of mean you know <laughs> and you shouldn't be because she's dead anyway that was Leona Quith- and it's very giant to her dog They're very intelligent I said, you're worried about the cats? I said, why don't you just go all, urinate all over your porch and your lawn at the cats? I said, see, I'm all about people. You know, I, I care about people. There are, there are people, though, that will tell you that animals are on the same level as humans. These also are very intelligent. You know, the Bible talks about an unnatural affection. Let God, to where you see things correctly, first thing you want to see is that there's one God, okay? Just like there's one senior. Now, if you see three of me up here, I want to, as an eye doctor, I want to recommend you going to clean them, okay? Or maybe your contacts have been in too long. There's one God, okay? And he's, and he's got one name that's above every name, and that name is Jesus Christ, Okay? And that one God is telling you through his word to repent of your sins. He's commanding all people everywhere to repent. in the pattern and sent away, fully part of your life, dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, okay, and begin to build the house. After the water test, remember, the floods came and the rain descended and the wind, and they beat with force against the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And Jesus is the rock. As opposed to he that heareth my sayings and does not do that. He said, well, that's like the person that built without a foundation. And the same storm came. And that house fell, and great was the fall of it. So let's work with the Word of God hearing it, and doing it so that we can stand in that day, the day of the storm, and the storm will come. And everybody said amen. Both houses went through the same storm. That as you study and read in God's Word, you will find that there, it is important to build out of the right material because the next test will be the fire test, okay? And you want your salvation. And that's the crux of what I'm talking to you about this morning. From Romans to Revelation. Remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four accounts of the one gospel. Book of Acts is where you read and experience salvation because Jesus has died on the cross, alive with many infallible proofs, and now he has sent them to the upper room and poured out his salvation, which is teaching to the saved. Okay? Not trying to receive the Holy Ghost. Three years of of the Holy Ghost. Because you're on your way to being the queen of me. You're on your way to, to being nasty. You're on your way to, nobody's going to want to be around you. Okay? And whenever you're married, you, he's gonna, in about a week, he's going to be running out of the house pulling his hair out screaming, why did I ever marry her? <laughs> I said, that's where you're on your way to, so you need to get a renewing of the love of God in your heart, the joy of God, the peace of God. The goodness of God. The gentleness of God. The temperance. You need these things in your life. Faith. Meekness. You know. You know? So, Romans to Revelation is, going to, is teaching to keep you safe. Now that you're repented, now that you're baptized, Jesus, now that you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, which puts you in the church, the body of Christ, now you, five said, we're saved by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, you know, if whatever liquid you know, whether it's apple juice or orange juice or grape, the rest of your, and he said it'd be in you, a river and in you a well springing up, into everlasting that comes from the throne of God, and it's crystal clear. You want another good drink of this. You want to bask in this. You know, uh, I guess in one sense of the word, we could take what Peter said, and he said, well when Jesus was talking about getting your feet washed, and he said, uh, He said, well, not my feet. Uh, do my head do everything. <laughs> the Lord said, hey, you get your feet done, we're good. No problem. Well, that's some people for you. They won't do the little, but then they want to do over the top. You know? I'm telling you, let's come back to that balance. People, and what that really becomes is a disobedience. They won't get baptized. They'll have somebody baptize them in 45 different names. You know, They'll go from one extreme to the other. And, and many other such-like things. They won't do what it says right there to do. They have to go do something else over the top then. And, and they want to try to convince everybody that they're, oh, so say, you know, I am. There's a contradiction that goes on. Let's get with Romans to Revelation. Let's sit up. Let's pay attention. Let's say, Lord, help me here uh, so that I, you, there is a power to the gospel, the good news, the death, the burial, the resurrection, repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost, okay, according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation or the light or the unveiling or the making known of the, which was kept secret since the world began, you talk to the inner circle, if you please, and he wants to sure stand, uh, Was you know, he was a young person, he was a little older now, with him, I never played it very much anyway, but I did play with him, sat down, and, and uh, so we're just going along, you know, and I don't know why it came up, but somebody that was watching said, said hey man, you're you cheating, come on, and I said, I'm not cheating, I said, I have the Holy Ghost, I said, I haven't cheated since I got the Holy Ghost, and I cheated a whole lot before I got the Holy Ghost, I had cards everywhere, man, Whoop. <laughs> you know, but not since I got the Holy Ghost, and so all of a sudden the guy was playing, he teched. <coughs> I said, wow. <laughs> he said, well, it was that I hadn't cheated since I got the Holy Ghost. That got me, man. He said, when you said that, he said, that got me. Say anymore. Okay? And uh, the good, man. Everything's changed for the good. You don't have to worry, you're not going to get cirrhosis of the liver. And besides that, you're just go on. Any time God healed his disciples to the upper body of Christ. Then they filled the place and they they got mad the religious people preaching or baptizing in that name that name being Jesus Christ but that didn't stop them that didn't stop them they said no 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 we've got to obey beat us we'll have at it so they did they just kept right on filling Jerusalem with their doctrine but I want you to understand what Jude said and this is Jude the servant of Jesus Christ the brother of James to them that are Sanctified, washed in the blood of the Lamb in Jesus' name, baptism, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's when you get sanctified. So it's not—it's not what the Bible teaches. See, they got—they got three gods, they got three separate persons, and they got three separate things that they claim gets you to heaven. I guess first you get saved. That's what they say. That means you shake somebody's hand. And then you pray a little bit more, and you get sanctified. And and then if you want to, there's another added attraction now coming soon. Added attraction. You can get the Holy Spirit. But see, that's not what the Bible says. Loves it. He'll supply that kind of stuff all the time. Anything to keep you away from the faith, from the experience, from the over oh, you're going. When I gave all diligence, I gave a lot of thought and prayer to this, he's saying, to write unto you of the common salvation. This is for everybody, and this is to go to everybody. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, that means powerfully, contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This has been, it's a common salvage. It's a common faith. This has been handed down from Acts chapter 2 to right here, this split second. And all over the world this morning, okay, this has been brought. There are men and women, boys and girls that are preaching and teaching and witnessing, and Bible studying this faith that you read in the Bible. No difference. No change. No watering down. Bringing you the same exact message. If the Apostle Paul walked in here this morning, he could get right behind this pulpit, take this Bible, and preach the same thing that I'm preaching to you, and that's what he would do. And so would the others. There's no change. There's no difference. We're not in the business of changing this thing. We're in the business of, using a Bible word, preserving it. We want it preserved. We want no change. We want to bring to you, and we earnestly contending. To do this, we're we're powerfully paying attention, and where you can come to church and you can learn. I had a man come one time, and he he had a beard going on, and he he, he uh Next time he came to church, he didn't have a beard, and I said, "Hey, he said I noticed you got a nice clean shave there. You look good, man. First of all, you look twenty years younger. You look great." And he said, "Well," he said, "I said, why? did you? I was just curious." And I said, "I knew I didn't say anything over the pulpit. Not that I didn't want to, but I didn't." And um. You know, you have to use a little wisdom here. We don't dress the fish before we catch it. Did you just imagine yourself hanging all by a rope over into that canal? Here's a big old perch or something swimming. You're down there trying to fix him up for dinner, and he's swimming around. You don't dress him till you catch him. Well, we're not going to try to put anything on you until you get the Holy Ghost, until you get baptized. Then I expect you to that's good observe. Good, ob- good powers of observation. But I'm not asking you to do that at all until you are- you can, if you want, but until you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because then you're going to be in the church. And I used to go to the prison, and uh, that the prison that I hope is going to be, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. They're talking about taking it out of here. I hope they don't do that because a lot of jobs, of course. But um, I used to go down there, inmates. We had a nice little group, and, and uh, I would baptize them. They would only allow me, the chaplain would only allow me to baptize every two weeks. Then he cut it to once a month. And uh, the baptismal tank was in the platform, like up here. And there was a trap door. You opened it up, and you had to get down into the tank. So I'd go there every Saturday in my suit. And I, when, it, when, the, when the Saturday that I could baptize, I'd go right down in the water and I'd baptize those guys and I'd come up out of the water and, and I'd walk wet all the way out of the, the, the jail, the, the prison, get in my car, dripping wet, and I would go home. And, uh, but we are earnestly contending. Now, you see, religion would tell you, oh, man, you know what, baptism is not essential. That's what religion does, That's what has been handed down. We're We're that lighthouse for you. We're that fortress. We're that strong tower. We're that place, friend, where you know you can go when you need what you need. Everybody said amen. Let's stand together. We're going to earnestly contend for the faith, for the faith. We're going to bring that to you, what's been handed down. You don't want what man has got his hands all over and messed up. Played with the chemistry of it. And you know, I told um, one of our young men, I said, you that. Maybe you won't walk either. <laughs> so I'm saying we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to bring the message to you as if you were at a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. And I love you, Jesus. Jesus. I praise you, Holy Jesus. God. I worship you, Holy King. Thank you, Lord, for the truth. Thank you for the truth, Lord. Thank you for the truth.